Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two halves, right? South Carolina jumps all over Georgia early. You're leading 14 to 3 at the break, and Georgia outscores you 21 to nothing. Now, there's some conflicting emotion for yours truly because, on one hand, you just look at the final score and you say to yourself, okay, I mean, I would have signed up for a 10 point loss in pregame immediately, 24 to 14. That's a good competitive loss. What have you, there's nothing to be ashamed about losing to the number one team in the country by 10 points on their field. But then you look at how that game played out. And I understand the disappointment and the frustration with the way that the loss happened. When you think about the fact that South Carolina had Georgia on the ropes, guys. All of the pressure was on the dogs going into that second half, right? South Carolina had all the momentum. The Gamecocks had done a great job with using the quick passing game on the outside, supplementing that for the run game, mixing that with going down the field, right? Spencer Rattler was brilliant, and South Carolina's defense was aggressive up in the face of Georgia, attacking the line of scrimmage, making Carson Beck, I thought, uncomfortable, pressing on the outside. It looked as if, In that first half, South Carolina was the aggressor. They were the tone setter in that first half and played as if they were the big underdogs trying to come in and pull the upset. Yes, I understand that Georgia made adjustments, right? This was a game of adjustments, and give credit to the dogs. Kirby Smart, his coaching staff, they're some of the best in the business at doing that. But it almost felt to me, going back and watching this football game, guys, it felt as if South Carolina in that second half was almost playing not to lose instead of playing to win. You know, we start defensively, and and we're going to talk about this more later in the show, but, you know, I I questioned some things that Clayton White did in that second half. I, I thought South Carolina played much softer coverage, right? I, I didn't think the Gamecocks made it as much of a a priority to penetrate and get in the backfield and slow down the run game. And you just, you just didn't see that aggressiveness that got South Carolina to that point. Offensively, right? The Gamecocks, I, I don't think they went to the quick passing game enough in the second half, right? It, it just, it seemed as if for whatever reason, and we've become so accustomed to, you know, something that stood out to me, we've become so accustomed to talking about South Carolina as a second-half football team, right? Shane Beamer and his football teams have been so good coming out of halftime and making adjustments, what have you, and to see them 
get outclassed in that second half was, you know, it was disappointing. Now, again, tip the cap and give credit to Georgia. I think you saw their talent shine through. You saw their depth really shine through. You know, South Carolina was not able to overcome some things that maybe they were getting away with earlier in the football game, but it felt like they just, it felt like they went away from some things that were working. And I did not feel like personally the Gamecocks kept their foot down on the gas pedal when they had Georgia on the ropes. Now, is that being overly critical? I, maybe you could argue that, but when you're up in a game 14 to three and, and you're the underdog and you're a four touchdown underdog, like, what do you have to lose? I, I thought South Carolina maybe left some things in the chamber. I thought South Carolina in that second half, they let Georgia dictate the tempo of that football game. They let Georgia, that became Georgia's game in the second half. Now, some of that was by Georgia's doing. A lot of it was. But it's hard not to look back and say, that the Gamecocks in that second half exhausted every option they possibly could have to win that football game, right? And it was almost this as if you were playing like a close loss was good enough. And I'm not saying that was the school of thinking. That's just how it looked, especially defensively where it felt like you softened up. And I, and I just don't, I don't understand the adjustments or lack thereof. Like, you, you just... I get Georgia coming out of the half, they punch you, right? Boom. You knew the defending national champions would do that. But you never had a counterpunch, guys. You, you never had any sort of answer in that second half. And for all of the good that came out of that game, you know, the gutsy performance, what have you, it just it surprised me to see South Carolina not be able to make some sort of adjustment for what Georgia came out and did in that second half. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Guys, getting specific, specifically on the field, you look, guys, we just talked offensively. 
you can't say enough good things about Spencer Rattler at this point. I, I mean, this guy is, is putting this football team on his back. And I know that the, the second half numbers, some people will bring that up or the interceptions or what have you. But guys, you know, we talked about going into this one. There's going to be no running game. There's going to be no semblance of a running game. And so I think when you factor that in, you factor in an offensive line that we knew coming in was going to have some struggles stopping Georgia throughout all four quarters. You know, you think about the great players and the great defense that Georgia assembles. I, I mean, what Spencer Rattler did to give South Carolina a chance in that football game, you can't say enough good things about, guys. I mean, again, you go back and you look back at the stats, 22 of 42, 256, one touchdown and two interceptions. But if you just look at that stat line, I mean, guys, that does not tell you everything that QB1 did on Saturday afternoon. Eight carries for 35 yards. I mean, guys, he was moving around in the pocket. He was making throws on the run. He was keeping drives alive by getting first downs with his legs. I just, at this point, guys, through three weeks, I have absolutely no gripes at all about Spencer Rattler. None. I have no gripes at all. The way that he is, again, and those last two interceptions, guys, Listen, your team is trailing. Your team is down. You're trying to get your football team back into it. You got to throw the football up. You got to give it a chance. You got to maybe throw it into coverage. You got to make a dangerous throw. I don't hold those interceptions against him at all, and it's a shame they even go on his record, but they do. With that being said, Spencer Rattler is far from this football team's problem. He is is far from this offense's problem. And I've said it once. I've said it many times. I'll say it again. This team is going to go as far as seven takes them, man. I, I just bottom line, because you look at this thing moving forward, there's not a whole lot on this offense outside of Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett. There's just not a lot of answers, guys. I mean, there's some there's some nice pieces here and there. Omega Blake Flash, we'll talk about that more in a second. But, like, there's not a whole lot of proven commodities. Like, this is a football team, and this is an offense, guys, specifically. And the thing that makes South Carolina so volatile, you look at the rest of the slate. One and two through three games, exact place you were in last year, right? So what can Carolina do over the last nine games? South Carolina, in my opinion, guys, they could finish anywhere between five and seven. And hey, you could argue nine and three. Like, this team is that volatile. But it all comes down to Spencer Rattler. Because on days, if he ever has an off day, right, and we'd like to think he wouldn't because of the player he is, he's so comfortable in this office, but it happens, right, guys? Anybody who's played sports out there or does anything, yeah, just have an off day. It just happens, right? On days when Spencer Rattler doesn't have it, this team will not have a chance. This team won't have a chance because he is everything for this football team. Dare I say this football team is a one-trick pony. It's 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 on one player. I mean, there's some supporting cast pieces. Don't get me wrong, but it all comes down to seven. You show me the stat line of seven in every football game, I will tell you whether South Carolina won or lost. It's that simple. It's that simple. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a young man. That's a lot of pressure to put on your quarterback. But... It's the nature of the position, and when you have the deficiencies and you have the shortcomings that South Carolina has in other spots, when you can't run the football or generate any semblance of a run game, this is what you get. And so, 
you know, I, I think Spencer Rattler will gladly take on that challenge, but it just it makes the margin for error for him and for South Carolina as a whole so small. Because if he misses and he's off, this football team's going to be off. There's really no way around it, guys. With that being said, the offensive line, I, w- I want to heap some praise on the offensive line, believe it or not. All things considered, after what you saw against UNC and even times against Furman, all things considered, I thought the offensive line played their tails off, man. Now, things got – it got much tougher sledding in the second half when Georgia made some adjustments. And, you know, I, again, I, I I thought you went away from that short passing game on the outside. I think Georgia also made the adjustment to it, so give credit there. But, you know, all things considered, guys, especially in that first half, I thought the offensive line held their own. I, I thought they were pretty good in pass protection specifically. Now, we knew generating any sort of run game – was going to be a challenge. But, I mean, you look at that game, guys. You had a guy like Big Tree Babalade, grayed out as one of your top offensive linemen in, the, in that football game. I think he was the top graded offensive lineman of all offensive linemen in that game. So the future is bright up front. You've still got holes. You've still got deficiencies. And I still worry about the consistency of the group. But, you know, going up against Georgia's defensive front and doing what you did, I, I was actually very pleasantly surprised with the offensive line. I thought they gave South Carolina a chance early. It was not a jailbreak up front until later in the game when Georgia just, guys, they knew you were passing, right? They knew you were passing. They were able to pin the ears back. It was it was no contest, no challenge at that point. But all things considered, I thought it was an impressive showing by the Big Uglies, and I think it's something you can build off of. Now, with that being said, when it comes to the running game, it's time to try something different, guys. And, and, and you know, I'm not even going to lead with this because I've seen a lot of chatter over the last 24 or 48 hours about DeCarrion Joyner and everything he is not doing. And the irony of this and what I'm about to say is that, you know, this time last year, you might recall, there were some people that thought I was anti-DeCarrion Joyner and I thought he was a, he was no good and he shouldn't be on the football. Like, people thought I was against DeCarrion Joyner for some reason. Well, I'm going to defend DeCarrion Joyner really quickly because there's a lot of people on Twitter right now, a lot of or X or whatever. There's a lot of people on social media right now that want to say that DeCarrion Joyner, you know, hey, we're thankful for him, but he's no good as a running back. Mario Anderson should get the start. And, like, guys, I think absolutely, South Carolina, you got to try something different, Right. Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. With that being said, guys, there are no holes there. There are no holes for anyone to run through. So while I think Mario Anderson needs more opportunities, because the one thing I'll say is this, the Cabrion Joiner, call it for what it is, it seems as if when he meets contact, he goes down immediately. A guy like Mario Anderson pushes through that contact. Again, he's played running back before. He knows what it's like to take a beating, to take these hits, and to push through and to drive those feet and to get two or three yards. And for South Carolina at this point, a two or three yard run is a damn good run, the way you're running the football, right? I mean, you look at the running back position on Saturday, guys. If you take out Spencer Rattler's rushing yards, which he was the leading ball carrier, eight carries for 35 yards. You take that away, though, South Carolina running backs, Ran the football a grand total of seven times for 19 yards. Seven carries for 19 yards. 
out of the running back position. You got to try something different, guys. Because while we all know that running the football is going to be a deficiency of this team all year, I think it just flat out is because of what you have to work with. You got to get more out of it than that. And so I'm not opposed to, you know, giving Mario Anderson the start or getting more Dontavious Braswell or more Juju McDowell. But I'll go back to what I said a couple of weeks ago, guys. This goes back to it, it is it is unfair that the Kevrion Joyner got asked to carry the load at RB1. It, it's, it's just flat out unfair. It, it is a disservice by a coaching staff who could not go out in the portal and get any semblance of a proven power five running back. They couldn't go out and get a guy. So they had to force the Cabrion Joyner to slide over and do this. And guys, he's not a running back. He's just not. The Cabrion Joyner is a great athlete. And this is kind of what I tried to say last year. I'm going to tread lightly right now. But what I tried to say last year was, the Cabrion Joyner is a great Gamecock. He's a great athlete. He's got a great skill set. But he lacks one true position. And so, it's not his fault he's not a great running back because he hasn't trained at running back the last four years, right? It wasn't his fault he wasn't a great wide receiver because he hadn't trained at wide receiver all throughout his career, right? I mean, this is a dude who's been bouncing around since the jump, and it's admirable that he stepped in when this team needed him to do so. And so, while things need to change, in the running game as a whole, like, I don't know if putting Mario Anderson as a starter is going to solve all the woes. I, I don't know that Division II transfer Mario Anderson is going to be the answer. I have no idea. I agree something has to change, but I just think it's really interesting how I've actually got to carry on Joiner's back in this instance. Like, I, I don't think it's all his fault. There are no holes to run through, guys. With that being said, you do have to find a guy who can grind out some really tough yardage. And I think you can argue that Mario Anderson, you could argue that he is that guy at this point in the running game. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off 
your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Guys, one of the big things coming out of Saturday, of course, the impact of Juice Wells, his injury. It was a damn shame to see him go down yet again, taking that hit on the ankle. Um, You know, what is the impact of it? I I just, I think there's some promise in the wide receiver position when you look at a guy like Omega Blake and what he did for you. Luke Doty continues to make plays for South Carolina, but, you know, Shane Beamer going on record. I, I think Coach Beamer, you know, he's very, he's normally very close to the vest, right? Doesn't give away injury reports, what have you. I think he was almost caught off guard when he did that uh, that in-game interview. And, dude, he flat out came out and just said, yeah, he's got a, he's kind of got a broken foot. Guys, if that's the case, I I, I, I fear we don't see Juice Wells back anytime soon. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, obviously, again, I, I, I've been very critical of, of the foot injury and the way it was handled, what have Either way, that, that's in the past. That's water under the bridge, guys. All we can hope and pray and keep our fingers crossed is it's not something – that season ending because having Juice Wells on the field is a game changer. I mean, he, he's just he's 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 one of the best playmakers in college football, not just the SEC in college football when he's fully healthy. And you have to keep your fingers crossed. But you feel like South Carolina's got weapons at the wide receiver position, even if he's not out there with Xavier Leggett and Omega Blake and you know some of these other guys. Again, Luke Doty, as I mentioned, Elijah Caldwell could step up. You know, where is Nicholas Harbor? Right, the curious case of where is Nick Harbor. Um, but this is a big loss if you lose him for the year. I mean, it, it's a major, major loss if the Juice Wells injury lingers any further. And unfortunately, it seems like it might. Guys, moving to the defensive side. How about T.J. Sanders up front, man? A breakout game for T.J. Sanders, a guy who was actually named SEC Co-Defensive Lineman of the Week. And we've talked about guys. We talked about it weeks ago, the defensive front, what they've got to do to improve guys just playing better. A guy like T.J. Sanders emerging is a really good place to start because we've heard about this dude for a couple of years now. Him, Nick Barrett, right? Others that there's a lot of talent at the D tackle spot. There's a lot of talent in the interior, but you just haven't seen it yet. Dude, TJ Sanders was playing like a man possessed on Saturday. Tonka Hemingway, I thought was really good also. South Carolina's defensive front was very active and they got in the backfield a lot more than I expected. I mean, you saw South Carolina on some third and short, stifle Georgia, and you know, and really make them earn it on the ground. Now, I think as the game went on, obviously Georgia was able to wear down that defensive front and wear down that defense as a whole. But you know, I was very impressed with what TJ Sanders did. If he can emerge and continue that and find consistency and continue to be that guy, that is going to be a great sign for South Carolina's defensive front moving forward. Guys, to the linebacker position, Debo Williams. You know, he is leading a room right now. 
that severely lacks high quality SEC depth. Right? I mean, it's it's kind of at this point Debo Stone Blanton, and that's kind of it, man. I mean, Puff Howard, what did he really do? I don't even know if he was on the field on Saturday. Um, but Debo Williams, man, just continues to tear it up. He was our MVP of the game, by the way, 11 tackles in the football game, one and a half tackles for loss. I mean, he just – he continues to impress me because, again, guys, this is a dude, Delaware transfer, maybe not the most talented player on the football field. A guy like, for example, Stone Blanton had a higher, you know, recruiting profile than, than Debo Williams. But Debo Williams is the leader of this group right now. He's, he's the leader of that defense in the middle. And uh, I, I thought another really impressive showing a guy that embraces contact. He loves contact, right, runs to it. And uh, I think he's going to continue to be a guy. I think he's – do not be surprised if you look up at season's end and Debo Williams is this team's leading tackler. Would not surprise me at all. Guys, we moved to this, and I'm sure this is going to be something that's going to spark some conversation. The chatter's already been there all weekend long and heading into this Monday. But, you know, I, I mentioned this, guys, over the course of the offseason, that there was nobody who was a bigger fan of Marcus Satterfield than Clayton White. And the reason for that is, is that Marcus Satterfield's ineptitude, it took all of the pressure off of Clayton White because nobody had time to worry about the defense when Marcus Satterfield was operating an offense that was one of the worst in the SEC, right? And I think, too, we are less critical of the defensive side of the football and the defensive coordinator because... College football and football as a whole, it's such an offensive game in 2023, right? I mean, it's a race to score in 50, right? Nobody's playing dominant, elite defense like they did, you know, back in the early 2000s or what have you, where you had 10 to 7 games or 17 to 14. Like, that's just not happening anymore, right? But in year three, now Marcus Satterfield is gone. Dabble Loggins, it looks like, right? Early signs of, of positive growth for him in the, in the offensive side of the football. Now there's more attention on the defense. Now I think folks are starting to take notice of the defensive side. And I've been a fan of Clayton White over the first two years. I think also Clayton White has gotten a lot of benefit of the doubt because he took over such a porous group when he was hired back in 2021, right? I mean, South Carolina in 2020 was abysmal on the defensive side of the football. Will Muschamp's last year. And so there was nowhere to go but up. But you start to look at these numbers, guys. You start to look at these numbers. And I'm going to read these off to you because I think this is going to give you some perspective on the defensive side. South Carolina's defense under Clayton White through three weeks of the 2023 season. And let's be fair, by the way. South Carolina has played North Carolina and Georgia, right? So they've played some higher quality competition than many out there in college football. But this is where South Carolina sits. 406 yards allowed per game, 14th in the SEC. 25.3 points per game allowed, 13th in the SEC. 22 first downs allowed per game, 14th in the SEC. 45.2% opponent third down rate, 12th in the SEC. 145.6 rushing yards allowed, 13th in the SEC. 10 tackles for loss, 14th in the SEC. Guys, if those stats don't change and don't change quickly, if we're looking up at season's end and we're seeing South Carolina 14th, 14th, 13th, 12th, 14th in the SEC in those major statistical categories, I think it is fair to say it's time to question Clayton White as defensive coordinator. 
And I know some will push back with, well, you got you to gotta let him get his guys in there, man. Look at the recruiting. He's just got to get his players in there. That's a really tough sell when you are seeing programs overhaul their rosters literally overnight. When you are seeing coaches and, and, and units at other schools flip this thing in the blink of an eye. Is it good enough for South Carolina? We talked about this in the preseason, right? Finish outside of the top 100 and rushing, rushing offense and, and rushing defense. And I mean, is it good enough, guys, for South Carolina to finish outside of the top 100 nationally in rushing defense again? Is it good enough for South Carolina to finish outside of the top 11 in the SEC in rushing defense again? And at what point do we admit to ourselves that you know, there's been this narrative the first two years that South Carolina's defense has been this, this incredibly strong unit. And, you know, we've even said the secondary is elite. And, you know, the secondary has been good. Don't get me wrong, but let's face it, guys. The secondary has benefited from a horrific rushing defense and teams running the football down South Carolina's throat and not having to pass it as much. I think you could even argue that the secondary is questionable this year. I, I really think you can. You saw some big plays on Saturday. Carson Beck and Georgia able to hit 289 rushing yards. I mean, that was Carson Beck's first career start against an SEC team. And let me correct myself, 269 passing yards. When you take into account the numbers and you take into account how South Carolina is trending right now, it's early. And I'm not sitting here ready to say, fire Clayton White, but things have got to change, man. Things have got to change quickly. Like, I don't think you could just go through a third straight year of having these problems on defense. And guys, I think we've seen it the first two years of Clayton White. We just didn't want to admit it. Because this defense has been abysmal against decent competition. Against high-quality competition, they've been terrible. But even decent competition, they've struggled. And I know that in 2023, it's an offensive football game, but, like, I don't blame people for being tired of seeing South Carolina ranked at the bottom of every major statistical category. Why can't South Carolina finish in the top 100 nationally in rush defense? Why can't South Carolina get off of the field on third down? It's year three of the Clayton White experience. If these numbers don't correct themselves soon, the pressure is going to continue to turn up on Clayton White. The chatter is only going to grow louder because Gamecock Nation has about had enough of their third-year defensive coordinator. Guys, continuing on, my question still remains here on this Monday. When does Beamer Ball finally make an impact once again? I, I was surprised to not see really any impact in the special teams game whatsoever. You got people complaining about Kai Kroger, too. Is Kai Kroger off this year? Do you, do you think Kai Kroger's off? You saw no fakes. You saw no, I mean, thank God Georgia missed two field goals, but you saw no fakes in this game, nothing big in the return game. Hell, there was a there was a play in the return game that I think actually completely shifted all the momentum to Georgia. And you know what play I'm talking about? Xavier Leggett brings it out when maybe he shouldn't. He gets tackled down inside the 15, and there's a penalty, which set South Carolina back drastically. And, and from there, you could just feel it, right? You could feel... Georgia had all the momentum in that football game. Like, it was it was Georgia's game at that point. I just wonder, guys, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When, when, does, when does Beamer Ball emerge? Because South Carolina's going to need it, guys. 
Because as I mentioned, there's going to come a game in which Spencer Rattler doesn't play well or plays average or plays okay, and the Gamecocks need that extra boost. I just wonder when it's going to happen. And I, and I was surprised we – you know, we, we we didn't see any fakes. I thought there was a punt in there on a fourth and short where South Carolina could have faked it, could have gone for it. I, I'm, I'm just a little bit surprised by that at this point. I, I'm surprised we have not seen or heard more from Beamer Ball through three games of the 2023 season. Guys, finally, my final takeaway from the 24-14 loss of Georgia, guys. Despite the loss... And as I mentioned going in the weekend, some will try to write it off as a, as a moral victory. I'm not telling you all to print up T-shirts. Hey, we kept it close with Georgia. I'm not trying to tell you all to hang the banner. But Saturday was encouraging for Gamecocks football. It, it, it was. Saturday was encouraging for the prospects of this season. Saturday was encouraging for everyone wearing garnet and black. Because realistically, guys, most came in with expectations of Georgia is a vastly superior team talent-wise. They're vastly superior depth-wise. And there was no reason for South Carolina to keep that a close ballgame when, when you just looked at it on paper. I think Carolina going toe-to-toe with the back-to-back national champions on their home field is something that you can take a lot from. There's a lot to build off of from that game. And I, I refuse to be one of the people that, you know, I guess if you're someone that you expected South Carolina to win, you know, maybe you've got a little bit of sour grapes here on this Monday. Maybe you, maybe you are, you're not quite as, you know, you're not quite looking at this game through the same lens that, that most of us probably are. But, you know, I, I look at this game, guys, moral victories aside, there's a lot of positive to build on in this game. When you look at the opponent. When you look at the situation, you look at the environment and what South Carolina was going up against, I think it's an encouraging sign for the Gamecocks. Now, what did you learn new about your football team? I don't know if you really learned a lot new. I mean, I I, I think most of what we thought we knew was reaffirmed, right? I mean, Spencer Rattler is going to carry the load offensively. Xavier Leggett continues to look really good. I think Omega Blake emerging is a really nice thing early in this season. Um, even Trey Knox had a couple of catches, right? Made an impact. I know he had that big drop late in the football game. But, you know, I, I don't think anything crazy, you know, you knew the running game was a struggle. I don't think anything jumps off the page to you offensively. And then defensively, you know, as critical as we're being a Clayton White right now, I think there were some positive signs early in that football game of the way the, the defense was attacking and penetrating and getting in the backfield and making Georgia uncomfortable. Held Georgia three points in that first half. So I think when you go back and you look at this game and you, you keep things in perspective, right? You take a step, take a step back, take off your garnet goggles, take off your Carolina hat even, and you look at this thing from a 30,000-foot view. South Carolina went in as four touchdown underdogs and gave Georgia everything they wanted and more. And you know what? It sucks to be soaking in moral victories. It does. But South Carolina's not there yet, guys. And in the meantime, while they're not there yet, hey, I'd much rather see a game like we saw Saturday than what we've seen in the past. 48-7, to losing by 29, losing by 27. I think that was a step in the right direction. And you know why that is, guys? You know what the value in a game like Saturday is, even in a defeat? 
You know what the value in that is? You can look at a guy like Dylan Stewart in the face and tell him without him laughing at you that, hey, we're only a couple of pieces away. Because when you lose by 41, you lose by 29, you lose by 27, you, you can't do that, right? But you can come to Dylan Stewart, you can come to others, you can go to other guys on the recruiting trail and say, hey, we're only a couple pieces away, man. We're building this thing. We're getting closer. You see it, I see it, we all see it. And you could be that missing piece that we need. So mock these moral victories all you want. Call it a loser mentality. Call it whatever you want, right? But these type of performances against the top-tier teams, the elites of college football guys, when you're trying to build a program, they're valuable. There's value to a performance like this. So, you know, kudos to Shane Beamer. Kudos to that entire, entire coaching staff having that football team ready to play. We've seen South Carolina start slow, and that was absolutely not the case. Also, dude, kudos to Dowell Loggins because I was someone I was very skeptical to hire. I, I, I Admittedly, I thought South Carolina could have done much better. And I think through three games with what he has to work with, I think Dowell Loggins is doing a fantastic job. I, I, I really do. Now, again, you, we're, we can nitpick and say – you know, second half, I thought the game plan changed up a little bit. They could have, they could have kept going to the outside. You know that that uh, you know going going to the outside passing game if you were the perimeter passing game, and maybe they kind of went away. They went more pure dropbacks, which Spencer Rattler didn't have much of a chance. But I thought, all things considered, what Dabble Loggins is working with, I, I thought that was a masterful game plan he put together, and I think so far so good with Dabble Loggins. But guys an encouraging performance for Gamecocks football. And I think that gives you after a UNC game in week one, where a lot of folks said, you know what? The season's over. There's no hope for the season. This team's terrible. I think that Georgia game reaffirms that this can still be a successful season in year three of Shane Beamer and South Carolina can achieve nearly all of its goals in the next nine contests. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.